Norm, I'm glad you're back. Uh, you may not be as glad as I am, but I'm glad you're here. All right. Let me just check our, our Facebook feed and see if anyone's even watching us. Um, or if anyone's posted anything they haven't. So, um, well, let's pray. Let's pray. We're going to be serious now. Uh, let's, let's pray for these prayer requests. And um, then I want to try to cover the statement, uh, obedience always leads to financial blessings. Or you could use obedience always leads to blessings, whichever one. I, I think it's a statement that's made that is not necessarily true. So we're going to talk about that, but let's pray first. Father God, we, we come before you, Father, and yes, we've had fun. We, we joke around. We kid around. Uh, God, we believe that that's okay. We believe that we can be a family, and Father, we can act like that and just poke at each other and just have a good time. We don't have to be stoic and uh, staunch. Father, we're still alive. We're not dead, and Father, we're not going to act like we are. So, Father, we thank you for that privilege. We thank you that we can come and bear our hearts, Father, and bear our burdens and share them. And, Father, when one member of the family is hurting, Father, we're all hurting. God, we, we've heard prayer requests tonight for health. Father, we've heard prayer requests tonight. Uh, Father, for family situations, for housing situations. And God, as we talked about last week, God, we know that if we'll, Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God first. Father, in all your righteousness, Father, that all these things will be added to us. God, we pray that you would help us to set that priority correctly. Father, it's so easy in a busy world to get that priority off. But, Father, we pray that you would help us with that. God, we pray that you would provide for each and every one of these situations. If that's your desire, if that's in your plan, in your will. Because, Father, we understand that your plan, your will, your desires, your, your overall, Father, is much greater than ours, Father. God, you know what tomorrow brings. God, we don't. So, God, we pray that you would work and move in each one of those situations. In the, the pregnancies, Father, the new babies, God, we pray that your hand would be upon them. God, with the, the mother who's been diagnosed with cancer, God, we pray that you would touch her. Father, with the mom who's sick with health issues, God, we pray that your hand would be there. Father, in all these situations, God, we pray that ultimately people will come to know Jesus. Whether it's the person going through the struggle, the person, Father, who is being touched by the struggle, maybe a nurse, a doctor, a case manager, whatever the case is, God, we pray that someone would come to know Jesus because of it. Again, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a man named Sean. Sean lives in Baltimore, Maryland. Sean, Sean attended uh, when he was physically capable. Uh, Sean attended North Point Baptist Church. Sean is in his 30s, I think. Uh, somewhere in his 30s. He, they had a child less than two years ago. His name's Mike. And Sean was diagnosed with cancer. Sean went through treatments for cancer and up and down with the treatments, felt sick, didn't feel sick, but during those times, Sean was obedient. I mean, obedience is what we're all taught, right? If we're obedient, God will bless, so we're told. Sean was obedient. He even taught Sunday school. He would preach on some, some Sunday mornings, but mostly he would do the Sunday night Bible studies. Sean was obedient. Sean now has laid in a 
in a hospital bed in the hospice center in a hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, not eaten or drank without throwing up, uh, and we're talking violent throwing up, uh, for well over two and a half, maybe three weeks now. Now, Sean's obedient. I mean, obedient. Faithful giver, faithful supporter uh, of the local church, faithful to support his pastor, loves his pastor, uh, and his pastor's wife. Obedient. Yet he lays in a hospital bed tonight, hooked to an IV that goes straight into his veins to give nutrients, some, some form of nutrients because he cannot drink anything. He cannot eat anything because as he does, he violently convulses and throws up everything. But he's obedient. But our statement tonight is obedience always leads to, whether it's financial blessings or just blessings, right? We hear that. We've heard that said that, well, when people are going through hard stuff, there, there are different cults. That's the only way I can call it. It's a cult. If it doesn't go with the Bible, it's a cult. If that bothers you, I'm sorry. Get over it. Um, and Sean is faithful. He really is. I mean, I'm not just saying this. It's not a made-up story. Sean is laying in a hospital bed, dying. Nurses around him, doctors around him, they can't do anything to help him. He spends the time he can with his son trying to make whatever memories possible with, you know, a less than two-year-old child. Looking at his wife, knowing that at some point soon, he'll pass into eternity, and she'll be here to raise Mike all by herself. And you know, as stories are told about Sean, people will say, Sean was faithful. Sean was obedient. All the way to the very end, he's never bad-mouthed God. He's never said anything contrary to the scriptures. He's never said, why me? He's been faithful. But he's laying in a hospital bed, dying in pain constantly. We wouldn't call that a blessing, would we? Be honest, we wouldn't. Yet there's a whole cult, a whole culture out there that says, if you'll just be obedient, God will bless You've heard it said. If you're obedient to God, he'll bless you. Now, I'll say in Malachi chapter 3, it does say that if you're obedient in tithing, right, it says to prove God and see if he won't open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings, right? You're proving God in that stage. God gives that. But obedience doesn't always equal blessings, but you are called to be obedient whether you get a blessing or not. That's the part I think we struggle with in life. Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13 are one of our scripture points tonight. It says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't know myself. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, 
I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Other versions say Christ. Many Christians grab a hold of that scripture, Philippians 4, verse 13, right? I am able to do all things through Christ or him who strengthens me. And we believe that we will grab a hold of that scripture and we'll say, hey, there's a blessing on the other side of this, right? I can accomplish things because Christ is with me. But Paul says in context to that scripture that he has learned to be content with little. He's learned to be content with much. There's no one in the Bible in all of scripture that was more obedient to Christ than the Apostle Paul. Paul's life didn't necessarily pour out a bunch of blessings, though, did it? Paul goes on to tell us in other parts of the scripture that he had been shipwrecked, beaten, left for dead, bitten by snakes. Now, I I don't know, but even in today's society, these self-help, prosperity gospel preachers couldn't say that's a blessing. It'd It'd be hard to say that that was a blessing. But Paul says, in all things, I've learned to be content. Whether I'm well-fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I have abundance or whether I'm in need, I can do all things through Christ. It's not that you can pull off all things through Christ. We need to quit grabbing Scripture and making it say something it doesn't say. We need to go back and look at Scripture in the context in which it was written. Paul says, hey, I can do all things in Christ. I can be content with having. I can be content with not having. I can be content hungry or I can be content full. I can be content rich or I can be content poor. Your obedience has nothing to do with either one. It's the fact of where are you content. How are you content? The Bible goes on to tell us there, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 16 through 33, he says, I repeat, let no one consider me a fool. But if you do, at least me as a fool, so that I can also boast a little. What I am saying in this manner of boasting, I don't speak as the Lord would, but as as it were foolishly. Since many boast according to the flesh, I will also boast. For you being so wise, gladly put up with fools. In fact, you put up with, if someone enslaves you, if someone exploits you, if someone takes advantage of you, if someone is ignorant towards you, if someone slaps you in the face... I say this is to our shame. We have been too weak for that, but in whatever anyone dares to boast, I am talking foolishly, I also dare. Are they Hebrew? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a better one with far more labors Many more imprisonments, far worse beatings, many times near death. Five times I received the 40 lashes minus one for the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles. Dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers among false brothers, toil and hardships, many sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, often without food, cold, without clothing, not to mention other things. There's the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches, who is weak, 
Am I not weak? Who is made to stumble? Do I not burn with indignation? If boasting is necessary, I will boast about my weakness. The God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, a ruler under King Artis guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me. So I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Yet these people say, if you're obedient, you'll be blessed. If you do what Christ tells you, you'll be blessed. Everything's going to turn out well. Because you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, guys, the devil sold us a lie and he's using preachers to propagate it. He puts people on TV to say, hey, it's okay. Did you know Joyce Myers just came out and rebuked herself for propagating the prosperity gospel? She said, I was wrong. T.D. Jakes ain't done it yet. Joel Steen ain't done it yet. And we could go on and on and on. See, the problem is people want to say, hey, if you trust Jesus and you're obedient to Jesus, all these things are going to come to you. But that's not what my Bible shows me. My Bible shows me that when you trust Jesus, you're liable to be shipwrecked. You're liable to be beaten. You might get stoned. Well, well, I don't know. They still throw stones today, right? You might get beheaded. If that ain't God, send it to voicemail. See, we're liable to go through all kinds of... Now, on the flip side, let's be fair, on the flip side, when you trust Christ, you're liable to be lifted up to a high standard. Your business is liable to prosper. It's possible, right? You're liable to be given great things. You're liable never to go through turmoil whatsoever. It's possible. But it's not because of the obedience or the disobedience that you experience either one of those. It's just God's plan. You say, well, he plans for certain people to do that. Have you never read the book of Job? The Bible says in the book of Job that there was no one found righteous but Job. And God said, hey, hey, Satan, what about Job? God set Job up. What about Job? Go mess with him. Now, Job was obedient, right? But in one fell swoop, he lost his entire family, except for his loudmouth wife. Isn't that funny? that even Satan knew that he couldn't mess with Job's wife, even though God didn't say it. Isn't that funny? Satan was smart enough to understand it, but people in today's society can't figure it out. God, go back and look. God, God never one time told Satan not to mess with Job's wife. He said, you can't kill Job. Don't touch Job. Don't hurt Job. You can put him through it. But don't kill him. But Satan did never mess with his wife. Did never mess with her. 
Paul tells us about his personal life, and I think he, he doesn't tell us about his personal life so that he can boast about it. He tells us about his personal life so that we can understand, even though he's obedient, you still go through some stuff. Obedience doesn't have a factor on your blessings or your lack of blessings. Doesn't have a factor on your financial standing or your lack of financial standing. The verse says that I can do all things through Christ. What? I can learn to be with or without. Because Christ does it. Listen, even Buddhists figure it out. But we have Christians who propagate the wrong. And it's hard to say Christians, but I can't judge their salvation. That's not my problem. But I found this. Let me read this for you. It says, once upon a time, there was an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years. One day, his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said sympathetically. Perhaps, the farmer replied. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. What great luck, the neighbors exclaimed. Perhaps, replied the old man. The following day, his son tried to ride the untamed horse and was thrown and broke his legs. The neighbors again came to offer their sympathy on, this mis on his misfortune. Perhaps, answered the farmer. The day later, the military officials came to town looking to draft young men into the army. Seeing that the son's legs were broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Perhaps, said the farmer. One takeaway from this parable is that while we should certainly celebrate when things go well, we should not carry, get carried away when things go bad. All things I can do through Christ. I can learn to be thankful when good things are happening. I can learn to be thankful when bad things are happening. I'll close with this. You ever been headed somewhere and run into an accident? Not you in the accident, but the accident happened. And you get mad. Be honest, you, you're mad. You're going to be late. You're going to be late. And the funny thing is you don't know why. But you don't know either. You never find out the reason. Maybe, just maybe, I'm just saying, just maybe, God allowed the accident to happen to prevent you from being in a worse one. I shared with you a couple weeks ago, I didn't get up and go to the gym. I didn't know why. I just felt like I wasn't supposed to leave the house. There was a positive that turned out in that, remember? Canaan got saved that morning. There's a positive. Joy was in the hospital, almost bled to death when she gave birth to Raiden. We were joking, and, and I was just as bad then as what I am now. And I was laughing. She was sitting up. Everything was going well, we thought. And it looked like the Niagara Falls Dam had busted loose underneath her bed. Like, first baby girl, wife's going to die. Looks bad. Doctor comes in. The doctor's not much bigger than Miss Kelly, was she? She would never claim to be my daughter, though, so don't try. Um, doctor comes in and says, hey, get the manual. How many of you know when the doctor says get a manual because it's emergency surgery, you got real problems? They wheel her out. The doctor's on the bed with joy. They wheel her out. 
All I'm thinking, honestly, all I'm thinking at that very moment is I have four boys and now I have a little girl. How am I going to be able to raise her? Nurse looks in and says, Pastor, are you okay? And I said, God's got it. Through the tears, God's got it. I need to go check on the baby who's in the NICU. They took her to the NICU just to make sure she was okay. Two hours later, Joy's out of surgery. Everything's fine. We end up back at the hospital like two years later because somehow she kept getting pregnant. It had to have been the water, I'm sure. That's why we left Greenville. Uh, but that water followed because raining came. Two years later, we're back at the hospital again. We bump into the same nurse who had looked in. Because of that situation, that nurse looked, went looking for God, went to the church, to a church, found God. She got saved. Her husband got saved. Her kids are all plugged into church now. Bad situation, good result. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Doesn't mean that you're going to get blessed. It just means that you can cope with all things because of who your strength comes from. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for this day. And God, we thank you for the lesson that obedience doesn't always equal a blessing. Father, that you are there to strengthen us. Father, whether it's good or bad. Father, if we get our strength from you, we can get through it all. God, we thank you that your son gives us that strength. We thank you that we can rely upon him through the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty. God, we love you. We thank you. Father, we pray that you'd be with us tonight as we leave here. God, I pray that you'd put people in our path the rest of the week that we can invite to come with us. Father, that we can share a little bit of the love that Jesus has given us. God, again, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.